Do you feel like you're stuck in the job doldrums? We all know work can be better. If you believe there's a better way to work, join us in the global work forward movement now. Welcome to the Work Forward Podcast. Welcome to the Work Forward Podcast. We all know work can be better. Work Forward is not a company. We are a movement. We're a community of people from all walks of life. And that's why we formed Work Forward. And that's why we formed this podcast so we can talk about the pertinent issues of work. My name is Natalie Bourne. I'm an innovation facilitator. And today I'm joined by my co-host, Charlotte Lee. Charlotte, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks, Natalie. I'm so excited to be here. I'm Charlotte. I am head of project management for Tinsel Experiential Design. I help them uh, recruit and maintain engagement with incredible freelancers that we put onto the projects that we manage and produce for everything from small firms to huge corporations, putting on memorable events and experiences. I love people and processes. I have taken that love and my skill set around that to myriad companies managing people and and setting up quality processes to set them up for success and efficiencies. Yeah. And so back in the events world, loving it. We have a very exciting event coming up, kicking off next week with GitHub, their annual GitHub universe back live. I'm so excited and just pleased to be here. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like so much fun. Okay. So we were talking about this topic um, on our Work Forward channel and we were talking about procrastination. And I was like, man, this would be a pretty interesting podcast topic to bring to our listeners. So I was reading a a recent Harvard Business Review article that was talking a lot about procrastination. It really talked about three potential reasons why we procrastinate. And I know there's a ton more reasons, but it was absence of good habits and systems, intolerance for particular emotions, like maybe boredom or anxiety. And then also this last one was our flawed thinking patterns. I don't know, Charlotte, I wanted to just unpack this topic today and see there's probably a lot more reasons for why we procrastinate. Yeah. And I think some of them are are just drilling down into those three sort of umbrellas because, you know, poor systems or habits. I mean, that could, we could go on for days about systems and habits in place at work, at, you know, at home for us personally. But I think I also would love to consider it from a managerial standpoint and talk about why maybe people procrastinate around us on a team, you know, whether again, through systems and habits, they are set up for success. Or if their procrastination is because of flawed systems throughout a team or a company. Well, so there's this quote that I've heard, and I I use it all the time now. It's just so powerful. It basically says, good systems and processes make bad leaders look good. Bad Mm. systems and processes even make good leaders look bad. So like, The idea that what you're getting into or what you're leaning into with procrastination is that sometimes if we don't have the right foundational processes or systems in place, that in and of itself can be a reason for procrastination because it's hard to do things. Like, I don't know if we've ever thought about it being really hard to do things in one organization and easier to do things in another. It usually comes down to clear systems and processes. Definitely. I agree. And those systems can be literal step-by-step how you achieve something. And it can also be systems as it relates to culture, systems of trust and of communication and whether or not people have the right resources and uh, teams surrounding them to actually achieve what it is we're trying to do. Yeah, that trust. Oh my gosh, that trust word is super, super important. We were talking about a meme that I had seen where the person said, you know, 
I'm so glad you responded to this email five days later. I stayed up all night putting this report together because you told me it was an emergency and then you didn't respond for five days. It's like that type of lack of trust that breaks trust and it forces people to feel like, man, I could either wait for you to really ask me again when you actually need it or I could do it now, but I'm going to rush and and try to deliver it to you and then I'm not going to hear back from you. Like it's just radio silence. So I feel like trust is a core reason for why we procrastinate or maybe lack thereof. Yeah. Whether we believe that our our leaders or our teammates trust in us to do the thing, which can, to the earlier point, cause those feelings of discomfort and anxiety, you know, or if we feel that we trust the people around us, yeah, to follow up on the email that we sent or give us the feedback that we need or whatever that thing. Yeah. So I want to unpack, like there's one of the ones that we were talking about is like, absence of good habits. Like, let's make it personal because, I, you know, I think about there are certain habits and rhythms that I get into and it just makes life easier. You almost don't have to think. And when you don't have those certain good habits, right, good rhythms, it actually breaks your ability to get things done. And I also think there's other reasons why we procrastinate. I think there's noise. I think it's we get too many emails. We're in too many mm-hmm. meetings, it's like mm-hmm. deadline meetings all the time. So there's all these reasons that create procrastination. Sometimes it's not even on purpose per se. It's just, hey, this was the earliest I could get to this thing, right? Definitely. And I think some of those habits are also can be cultural within within organizations, within teams. You know, if if you are on calls with your team and you see one of them respond to a Slack when you're supposed to be in a meeting, you start to understand, oh, well, I can half pay attention and respond to a Slack message too. And then you have a whole team of 12 people on a call trying to get through information when instead they're all half paying attention to their emails and their slacks and what have you. I think it's also always so important, both as an individual and as a manager of people, to recognize that we're all very different. And one system or habit is not going to work for every single person. Um, And particularly as a manager, I always like to make sure that if I set up a system I go through it with everybody and then I check with them individually and say, like, does this work for you? Is there some way that I can adjust it so that you get an additional reminder or the outline goes to your email instead of to Slack or whatever that might be, setting people up for success. And when it comes to systems in particular, seeing where there might be pitfalls or holes or, um, you know, instilling trust in the system and the process and making sure that people say, oh, I'm going to submit that and I hurried, but I know in the process, it's going to be three days until I hear, you know, putting that out there in advance, knowing like this is part of how we all do the work. That's so good. You know, I even think about the idea of like decision fatigue. Like there are certain leaders I work with where sometimes they're super responsive and other times it's just like radio silence. And I think the idea too is when we, like the phrase I like to use is flood it. Sometimes we can feel mentally or emotionally flooded and we just kind of shut down. And I think that that is a form of like self-preservation, which leads to procrastination, which is like just feeling flooded by all the systems that we're on, right? It's the slacks, it's the texts, it's the WhatsApps, it's the LinkedIn notifications, it's the email. And so we have so many different things in our ecosystem and our environment. It's almost like the idea when you have so many different channels to reach someone on, that can be noise. It's funny. I have a team I work with and we're like, I'm like, but did you text it to me? Did you WhatsApp it? Or did you Slack it? Or did you email it? Like, we're constantly trying to figure out what channel should we be talking to each other on? And that that noise creates procrastination because you're creating barriers to figure out how do I 
talk to you, right? Indeed, indeed. I, I've just recently been talking to my team about best practices in communications because in the events world, we are constantly bringing in incredible freelancers, but of course they work for 14 different agencies and probably right. everyone functions differently. So if we, from the start say, here's how we communicate and lay it out clearly, like quick messages on Slack, you know, locked messages on email, emergency messages on text only, right. you know, but even that sometimes it's hard to stick to because if you're mm -hmm. on the go, right, Slack or a text is easier in that moment. And so like, how do you instill those best practices and hold people to them? But I just, when you said um, decision fatigue, I giggled because I have for the past week or so said to my husband, I can't decide what we're watching tonight. Just put on something familiar because I can't take on any more information. Which yes. I also felt so much at the beginning of the pandemic. We rewatched every Disney movie, every Marvel movie, right. every episode of West Wing. Like I was like, put on something I've seen before because I can't take on anymore. And I think that that's for so many of us in our day to day. We are just constantly bombarded with information that we get to then needing to actually sit down and focus our attention on achieving something. And all of those thoughts are going. And if we haven't set up a system of quieting those distractions, we're still getting them while we're trying to do our focused work. Yeah, that's so good. There's a couple articles, right, that talk a lot about deep work. And mm -hmm. I feel like kind of that is what's being sacrificed, right, is this ability to do deep work, this ability to think deeply. Um, the only time I really get to do deep work these days is sometimes it feels like eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night. And yep. I'm already like exhausted by that point. And that's the only like opening in my day to do deep work. So it's almost like, you know, how can we build in ways and in, in times that we protect, right? So what I've started to do is schedule some time on Thursday and Friday to do deep work. And then I'm constantly having to fight off other people who are trying to grab that time yes. so that I actually have time to think. And I think it's leaning into this little topic too of like, those are negative emotions. Like not getting your work done in a timely manner creates a negative emotion. Like it creates anxiety. It creates all these underlying things when things start to stack up. Yeah, I agree. And I think that there are even deeper layers to it based on the demographics that you represent and how you are expected to show up uh, historically or, you know, systematically um, and fighting those on top of what your work culture is and what have you. It's also so interesting for those of us that work primarily in client-facing roles that you don't really get to be the owner of your own time always. Right. You That's have fair. to be, oh, when do you want to meet? Uh-huh. Great. You know, I had yep. scheduled my deep work for then, but great. I can't wait to do that. That's you know, right. this week I have I have been slacking whilst bathing my child more times than I would like to stay out loud. Right. And that also that expectation that there are fewer boundaries on what a work day is mm -hmm. and how work bleeds into our personal time, you know, and, and I think it would be so grand to set teams up to say, everyone does deep work at this time where everyone does, you know, whatever it is, we're all going to not distract one another because we'd all be better for it on the other end if we allowed one another at that time to really dig in. Now, I'm sure you're familiar with, it was a study quite a while ago out of um, UC Irvine about how long it takes the human brain to reset focus after yes. being distracted. Yeah. And it is 23 minutes, 23 minutes. If you are focused on something and get distracted, I don't even have 23 minutes in between meetings. So when I've left a meeting and then I'm like, I'm going to get these things done. I don't even have 23 minutes to get 
actually focused on those things, let alone achieve them to the way that I want to. Yeah. Um, And I think creating space to decompress from the thing you were doing, set your intentions for your next task and actually get into it is is one of those systems and habits that's really missing in, in kind of the grind that we are expected to keep up with these days. That's so good. Man, what you just said there is, is really important. I even think about when I have to go into a hard meeting. It's not that I procrastinate it, but I'm looking on my calendar for when is the part of the day that I have the most energy to deal with a hard meeting. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes, right, with our calendars and schedules and all this stuff, it gets put in the spot where you're most exhausted and most worn out and and then you're having to show up right and be in this meeting but you're you're flooded right you're just exhausted and so i think that there's something to like the rhythms of how we work and part of procrastination i want to almost switch our language and say sometimes when i'm procrastinating what i really need to do is push back like mm-hmm. i'm procrastinating because i need to push back i need to ask more questions so when do you really need this Here's when I can really provide it and then let's negotiate. Mm-hmm. And I think that that procrastination can turn into pushback where we we ask more questions. We we ask for more time. We ask for what we really need. And I think that's an important part of the procrastination journey for all my procrastinators out there. Yes, for all of us that <laughs> suffer from this. Um, I think also in that, in asking for what you need is also taking that step back to say, what does this task actually require of me, both in yeah. resources and time? And so rather than being like, I have to get this thing done and just starting, taking that moment to create a little outline for yourself or pinging your manager or your coworker to say, remind me what the you know, meat of this is or the goal of this is. And I love to reverse engineer things where I say, okay, Here's the end goal. What is the step I would have to do just before that? How long will that take me? You know, and, and do a little backwards planning. I also love breaking things down into chunks. Again, to bring up my husband, but we talk about this a lot in our personal lives, but seeing things as what I call the big scary, where you see just the end goal and it feels yeah. all consuming because there's so much to do in it that you you put it off because you haven't taken that step to go, what are the actual broken down pieces that are so achievable? You know, the the first step is literally calling my doctor. Okay. Yeah. But the end thing is that I would have to go to three appointments and I'd have right. to take time off work and I'd have to arrange daycare and I'd have to get to the hospital, you know? Right. And so don't think about that. Just make the phone call. Yeah. You know? But you have to take that time to break down the steps to say, I have these five minutes to make that phone call. That's not scary. I'm going to do that one thing. That's really good. You know, as we think about just for our listeners, what would you say are some things like some ways you personally overcome procrastination? What I love about what you just said is that is one of them because there's your project management skill set kicking in where you can like actually break things down, right? I, I hear a work breakdown structure in there, right? You like you broke it down and said, okay, what do I need to like work on first? What What comes second? What comes third? Let me just focus on number one and not go all the way out to number 10. What are some other ways you personally deal with getting over the procrastination bug, like the cure for procrastination? I mean, honestly, sometimes I get up from my chair and I just sort of like give a little shake out. You know, I think I just, you just have to sort of shake that energy out 
And then just I like a little pep talk, you know, you're like, I'm going to spend 10 minutes to do this thing, sort of checking yourself because so often we get in our own way. Sure. And so that's just like a little one, just like, I just need a little moment, a quick breath of fresh air, especially yeah. for those of us that work at home and mm-hmm. literally don't leave these yes. four walls <laughs> for days at a time. Sometimes, you know, just a little change. I also am trying to get better at turning off notifications. Mm-hmm. Um, our technology now is so distracting, but it's also becoming so advanced in what it allows us to have coming at us and not. And so I know on my iPhone, they used to do just focus where it would like yeah. turn everything off. Yeah. They now allow you to do a multitude of settings. So you could set one that's work where you're only getting email and Slack Mm-hmm. But maybe your texts are turned off because yeah. you don't get texts from your coworkers. And so that is not the distraction you need during that time. Um, that's not something I do very well, but it's something I'm really working on is I'm about to hop into an hour-long meeting. I'm going to pause all my Slack notifications. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be in there and my team will be better if I'm in this meeting fully. Yeah, I think I've also tried to start creating my to-do lists in sort of categories, writing emails at the top of my list and denoting all the emails I know I just have to send by the end of the day. Some of those take two and a half minutes. So if I have that quick breath of time in between meetings and I know I don't have to think hard on that email, I just have to say confirmed receipt or yep, Yep. see you on Friday. Knock those out, you know, get those little things out of the way so that then when you are met with a little more time, you don't default to doing those little things because they're easy. You take the time that you have to do something that's a little more advanced or challenging. That's so good. I, I love what you just said. And I, I want to add to it. Also kind of learn your rhythm of when you're most productive and try to oh yes try to like tackle those hardest things, right? When you're most awake, most aware, when your brain's not fried, that's kind of different times for everybody, right? Some people kind of come alive in the morning and that's like their power hour, right? They can knock out a bunch of stuff in an hour. Third time. Done. Some people, that's, that is evening. They kind of come alive at night, right? And so maybe in the evening, you, you can be more productive. My counterpoint to that would be make sure you schedule those emails so you're not hitting other people at 9 and 10 o'clock at night. Who are Thank you for saying that. <laughs> you can schedule messages on almost any platform. Slack yeah. allows you to do yeah. that. I have been up at too late at night doing work and said, I need to ping someone in the morning but I'm not going to do it right now. And I'm not going to remember tomorrow. Right. Let me schedule a Slack message. It is like two more clicks. Yeah. And it will save everyone's energy and anxieties and, and set everyone up for happiness in the long run. For sure. Oh my gosh. That's yes. so good. That's so good. Um, Charlotte, man, it's been so great to have you as my co-host today. Thank this you. was so much fun. I love this topic. This Charlotte, is such a great topic. Yes. We could have talked for five more hours on it, but we're going to procrastinate and do it later, right? Indeed. (laughs) Well, thank you to our listeners for joining today. If you want more stories like this, stay tuned for our next episode. We want you to follow us on We Work Forward. You can follow us on LinkedIn. You can follow us on Instagram or head over to our website at workforward.co. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining our Work Forward community. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, follow us on LinkedIn, and visit us at workforward.co. Okay, Charlotte, now that we're out, I have a serious question for you. Super serious.
Okay, so if you were trapped on a deserted island and you could either take candy corns or circus peanuts, which would would you take? Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, I guess the only good thing about either is they have a long shelf life. Cool. (laughs) Well, you know, I was thinking, like, if you were to ask me that question, I would take circus peanuts because if I was trapped and stranded, I could turn it into a boat and I could get it myself could float. Home. Okay. Okay. I'm into that. Let's use our resources wisely. Yes. Not consume, but ride them home. Oh, I'm not eating. Ellie, I'd, be afraid they'd, I would, I'd be afraid they'd disintegrate under you. You'd get like, I'd you get know, halfway. you waves out right. and, then, and then you would just be sitting in like a weird pool of circus peanuts in the ocean. Yeah, for the Maybe same reason, corn. I use candy corn. I right. try to build a strong structure with it's, them. You know, it's almost like wax, right? Yes, create a little, create a little hut maybe on my island. Uh, I don't know. They're both pretty disappointing choices. What's wrong with us Halloween candy manufacturers? Those are terrible choices. They're so disappointing. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, I'm not really time either, but I, I will go. I will go with the, with the uh, candy corn. I suppose. Okay. In this moment, I like your thinking. Choose wax. Okay. Choose wax over styrofoam. I like it. Yeah, there we go. More All sustainable. Right. I'll see you for real. I'll see you later. <laughs> Thanks, Natalie. Bye. <laughs> Bye.